Do what? We're, we're live. Do what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hello and welcome to Pals Pulls. This is the Comics Pals show where the four of us allegedly. Yeah, wait, oh, what? Yeah, huh? I think it's supposed to be four. I mean, that's I weird. Kale, yeah. what are you doing here? Two. <laughs> I've been here. What? The Since four when? of us review the week's comics. Uh, this week, all of us are here. I've alluded to Kale's here. What's up, hot dogs? Why did I salute? I don't know. (laughs) True American. Yeah. That's just what happened. (laughs) Tyler's here. Oh, uh, I'm going to salute as well. Is that what we're doing? Is that? And and special guest (laughs) this week. Featuring. Ooh. None other than friend of the show, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Marco. Marco's here. Thank you guys for having me. It's you know, so it's always great to to get a chance to to join you guys when you guys do one of these. So uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be here. About to be a former co-host. Unbelievable <laughs> jerk. I really hope you have glowing things to say about uh, new. Oh Avengers. no! I really do. He's like, a, oh, he he's didn't like read a, it. A, no, a I read it. Right <laughs> he probably not... had time enough to read it three times. <laughs> they're not glowing. Wow. Okay. okay. All right. Can we fast forward? Can we go? <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll hear more about that a little later. Uh when we whenever we get to uh comics tag. We do have four of the biggest books this week to read. We've got uh Judgment Day, excuse me, <clears throat> let me say it correctly. Mm-hmm. Avengers X-Men Eternals Judgment Day number six. We've yep. got Star Trek number one. Sorry, what was that? Yeah, I heard that too. What? What was that letter in the middle of the second word? <laughs> Star Trek. Okay. I don't get it. <laughs> I thought you were talking I about. Uh, I thought you were talking about people in space uh, running long distances and throwing javelins mm. and stuff. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Riddler Year One, and the listener pick this week is uh, Action Comics Ten Forty Eight. So we've got some pretty pretty good books on tap today. Uh, and also, I wanted to say hello to YouTube. Uh, we are live on YouTube for the first time ever. So if you are watching us uh, for the first time live, thank you for joining. Welcome, welcome. Appreciate you. Um, it's going to be a fun show. Before we get into the books, I do want to mention where you guys can find us all over the Internet. Of course, we are the Comics Pals on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Reddit, wherever you like to go for your social stuff. We're there. Um, YouTube.com slash the Comics Pals, where you can watch this for free. Like the video, share it with your friends, subscribe to the channel. All that's free to do. Helps us out a lot more than it costs you. Uh, and you can watch us live on YouTube now and on Twitch, YouTube and Twitch. The Twitch is twitch.tv slash the comics pals. Watch this show live at 6 p.m. Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern, every single Thursday, the main a.m. Eastern, where this week we are having a very special guest. We've got Al Ewing coming on the show. Let's get it. Let's get it. Wow. Really excited for that. What a get. Yeah. So that should be a lot of fun. Patreon.com slash the comics pals, where for as little as $3 a month, you can support your boys and get some more uh great content we've got an exclusive show over there called palling around uh where we talk about whatever we feel like talking about uh this most recent time we talked about music but we've done 
We've done, you know, embarrassing stories. We've done all kinds of stuff over there. So check that out. All right, let's get into the reviews. We'll start with uh, Marvel's Avengers X-Men Eternals Judgment Day, number six. This is, of course, by Kieran Gillen with art by Valerio Schiti. Uh, colors by Marta Gracia and letters by Clayton Cowles. This is it. This is it. <laughs> other than the, uh, other than the what the Omega issue that's yeah, coming forthcoming. Yeah, yeah. So this is not it. And you no. know what? Thank the progenitor that it's over. Yeah, yeah. I I I was definitely one of the people that was very excited for this. The the. Uh, coming out of Eternals itself, the X-Men, and I haven't been following the Avengers, so whatever on that front. But this interrupted one of my uh, favorite Marvel runs currently, and it did not pay off, and I'm upset by it. Dude, that was my my feeling reading this. It was like, uh, when's the last time I read an issue of Eternals? And I'm looking, and I'm like, and, it, and it's like, oh, the next book's coming out. No Eternals listed. And I'm like, yep. oh, no. Not only did I not care for this event, it erased one of my favorite books coming out. Right. It, it like invalidated it almost, especially at the end. It, this well, felt the, the inconsequential. End in a, in a, the, the end leads the Eternals, or at least some of them, in, a, in an interesting spot. But like, I don't know where we're gonna. We're, we're not gonna see, see it, it though. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my frustration is we're not gonna see this now. Like this this ending felt inconsequential and, and like spoilers for the end. Uh, the the everything gets reverted back as if nothing happened with few exceptions in terms of some some deaths and people missing here and there and uh wow i was really frustrated getting back to meat and potatoes comics there huh boys what do you mean we won't see the uh see how things progress i'm assuming we're not going to see we're not getting the eternals to come back like a book and see the new what is the the new god Clara, what was it called? Ajax, new Ajax, Ajax whatever. Celestia. Yeah, like we're not going to see that play out into anything. I'm assuming, because we don't have a solicit for Eternals, and that's where it would naturally play out. We don't have one at all. Not to my knowledge. I didn't see any. Yeah, that's <clears throat> not that's not overly weird. Um, not to me because, uh, you know, the event's not over, so it's possible <laughs> that they. Um, are just waiting it out, you know. Um, and we'll get something after the fact. I thought you were going to oh, go a different thought... direction with that, Sean, and be like, uh, "So did I." It, it's it's not uh not su- not surprising to me because when have we ever had an Eternals book? You know. <laughs> well, I yeah, I <laughs> thought he was gonna. Norm. I thought he was gonna say it's not surprising to me. I hated that book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't like it. I mean, I didn't love it. Uh, and I didn't love this either. I. Mm. I think that this book really, really peaked like three issues ago. <laughs> um, the first one. <laughs> if that, and I really just haven't been able to invest again. This issue encompasses uh, and is a microcosm of everything that's wrong with this series. Unfortunately, it's overly wordy. I think that by the time the progenitor mm-hmm. is gone, um, I was ready to like if there were to be another issue, I wouldn't read it. Like I, I can't do it anymore. We're not doing but, the Omega, right? I, I don't know. I don't know. It ha- ah, it have to like be gotta. really special. <laughs> but like, 
can't read that dialogue anymore. It's it's grating. Um, and and I and I think you know I think Gillen is, is super talented. I really do. But whenever he's writing those crazy long captions for robots, it's just Man. it's brutal. This is not. And you, you're giving you're telling me this is an event comic, and it's more, more, more of this book has been dialogue covering people's bodies and scenes that are interesting than action than than anything consequences damn that yeah (laughs) is is that what events feel like no okay they're not mostly no yeah mostly no that's not the premise you know (laughs) um it's it's remarkable I, I I will say I think like the uh, the initial concept was shaky but still somewhat interesting um, and so for me more so it's it's a shame that this doesn't play out in any way that affects anything moving forward I think the the Phoenix Foundation is going to be interesting and how that plays out into like the politics of the X Men that's the only thing I can see longevity wise that will be maybe not a repercussion but will have longer lasting effects because that's something that's been thrown into question pretty consistently like the, the the tenuous relationship between humans and mutants and i've been excited to see to see more of how that plays out and we haven't gotten a lot of it um uh so at the very least hopefully that is something we can see more of because i'll at least be interested to to know how how and what happens i, I don't just think- yeah go ahead I don't think anyone touches that Phoenix Foundation thing going forward. That just feels like one of those things where it's yeah. like whatever you write for a superhero comic, it's going to be kind of boring. <laughs> you know, like what is it going to be? Politics? We're going to be looking at a donor list? Like charity work? Yeah. It's also it's X- also like X-Corp a... didn't work for a reason, you know? <laughs> it's also like a write-off, you know, speaking of attacks and politics, like it's a write-off for consequences too like oh we the x-men actually used the thing to bring back humans we're just gonna push that to the side though Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, i i really really wanted to like this event that that phoenix foundation or whatever that that had me rolling my eyes Really? Um, yeah, I, I think I I thought oh Sean is gonna fucking hate this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Not a good idea, for the simple fact that that's extremely convoluted and complex, and I just don't think that this would go well either. It, it's not better. It's it's not better. You're now you're telling me that you're the god of who gets resurrected and who doesn't. What about mm-hmm. my grandmother? I feel like she deserves a second shot at life. But Cyclops mm-hmm. said no. You know, what the heck? Yep. Why it's would humans be-, be cool with that? It's going to be in the top 1% again. And then a good uh, fluff pieces. Like, wh- which which mutant do you think is tasked with the, the minutia of figuring this out? <laughs> like, it's not going to be Jean. She's part of the X-Men. She's doing superhero stuff. Wasn't know? that wasn't that Teeny's book? The, the business part? I think it was, yeah. was it Vita's book. I think that X Core with uh, Monet and Multiple Man, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm. Oh, was wow. that Vita? I thought it was Teeny. I um, I might have been. Was it not Teeny? Thought it was. Yeah, I think, I think it was I'll Teeny. Just, I'll check. I'll yeah. check. In any event, yeah, that stuff not is. In any event. 
It's gonna be Beak. <laughs> yeah, Beak's gonna teeny. be the one to have to do that. Yeah, it's teeny. Yeah, and 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 let me let me not fully. I don't want to. It's not all bad. There there's some good stuff here. I did like what they kind of did with Ajax. I thought that was interesting. I like the resolution with the progenitors. Uh, you know, endless narration where he says, you know, Judgment Day is every day. I mm. liked that idea. Mm. And I feel like that's such a, like, if you take that idea and you make that what the book is about more so, or you inject that concept more throughout the, the series, to me, that's more interesting. You know, it, it never, him he's saying that, but that's not what the book was, you know? And I like that as a reminder, like, Hey, it's it's your everyday actions that matter. But where where did we see that? Where was that a part I, of this story? I mean, I guess that was the glimpse of the human lives we read about, and then the you know sure. the, the the I guess the tie-ins or whatever last month between five and six. But that's not why they're alive, right? I think <laughs> I think you're I think you're right. I think the series didn't spend enough time on that. Yeah, yeah, that was going to be the purpose that they served, like a glimpse into Ooh. the everyman sort of life, and we just didn't get anything from that. What? Let me ask you guys this question: Why are they alive? Like, why did this work out? Uh, uh, eternal stuff. Comics. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think. Go ahead, Cal. Yes, oh, please. Big brain. This. Big brain. This. I think. Gene and whatever Ajax did, uh, I'm shaky on that, convinced the progenitor that he was not good enough a celestial slash god to judge the whole of humanity. Therefore, because of his ineptitude as a judge slash god slash celestial, he was not fit to judge my, my whether or yeah. whether or not humanity slash mutants slash eternals passed or failed his criteria were bad the, the thing is I, sean are you asking like the legit like how right because yeah. the whole the, the whole issue is about about how the uh progenitor i guess the the main way he wanted to do judgment day wasn't working because the mutants and the eternals they were they had to do something so he had to find like the off switch so you had to go deep into the Earth's, you know, uh, uh, machine or whatever, which is like the Eternals, and uh, to do it there. But apparently he could just revert things whenever he wants. Like he just has an undo button. Yeah. Command Z. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he could have just done that instead of. Command Z is actually a better title for this book, I think, than Judgment Day. I like that better. <laughs> well, uh, I, and there is a moment where, um, what's your face? The, not Ajax um cersei cersei where she like just explains everything and and tells everybody the truth behind them and the eternals and how they get resurrected and i'm like why are we cutting this into now and how does it affect yeah. the end result here that that felt confusing and i i, I couldn't i couldn't like put, fit those pieces together I thought it was going to be like, oh, she's telling the truth. Now everyone's going to tell the truth and then they will be judged worthy, you know, and like, oh, it's mm -hmm. the truth will set you free sort of thing. No, just a, just a beat to kill someone off. Yeah, she just died. Yeah. Yeah. 
poor Gemma Chan, you know, they're going to have that. Repri- she's going to have to reprise her role as a, as a the Captain Marvel character instead. I, I had such high hopes for the series. I really did. Um, I, I see the sort of where they're trying to go with some of the consequences or the future stuff like we talked about, but you know, Orcus was failed in this. They were made to look like goofballs. Orcus now are the job squad. I'm, I'm sorry. They're the new aim. <laughs> they're good. No, this this worked out for them. They they came out on top on here. I get yeah, yeah. I get what you what you're saying from a publicity standpoint, but from the standpoint of us reading the comic book, they got smoked. Sure, sure. I, but also, like, how can you not get smoked in that situation? Um, like, anyone would kind of fail, you know? I, I'm curious, Sean. What do you think of Jean Grey's uh, characterization in this? She's kind of a dick. I think Jean Grey is kind of a dick, though. I know I liked it. I, I was kind yeah. of into it. <laughs> I love that, that about that her. That says a lot about me, though. I think it might, it might say a lot about both of us. <laughs> yeah, but it's just because... Everyone's always trying to tell her what they think needs to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she knows what needs to happen. Yeah. So that's I, it. I, I thought her her she was one of the kind of shining points of this issue. I was like, oh yeah. I, I like her characterization. She's she's steadfast. She knows what what is right in the situation. Compared to like Tony Stark, compared to the Eternals. Like she was the one's like, nah, I know what I gotta do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um I would say 90% of the characters in this book feel like they're sort of there. Uh, even the characters that you would consider actors like Tony Stark. Uh, certain people stuck out. I think Nightcrawler fared okay in this mm-hmm. event. Mm-hmm. Um, Gene, as you mentioned, Sinister was okay. But by and large, this just felt – I it just doesn't – I don't know. Did you see uh, Justin's comment on the YouTube? Uh, he said, uh, Judgment Day feels like the Marvel equivalent of Heroes in Crisis. <laughs> you get some interesting <laughs> character studies, that's, but not great overall. I don't feel like that's fair. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, a, yeah that's, a, no. that's a bridge too far. I think, Hero I think in, Heroes in Crisis isn't this bad. So that's, th- yeah. This is a cohesive story. This is a story that has a, you know, an agenda to it. Whether we individually like it or not is separate from whether or not I mean, Heroes in Crisis is a different animal. There was no character assassination in Judgment Day, at least. That's literally what I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> there were character moments, not character assassinations. Yeah. <laughs> character deaths, sure, but But uh welcome, Justin. Good to good to see you. Um the art though. This yeah. looks pretty good. I, I've I've enjoyed Skeety throughout. Um yeah. this uh, had an, a, a different amount of like plain backgrounds a lot of the time, which I feel like I hasn't happened. Usually we see cityscapes, we see just a bit more, not busy work, but I think we see a bit more of environment. And in this, uh, on certain certain pages and certain panels, we, we kind of just get those like blank single colors or gradients in the back and there's just forefront action. And... Uh, I don't know if maybe, you know, from like a time perspective, they needed to kind of crank this stuff out, but that felt a little not as uh, not as specific as I think Shkidi has gotten in the past. I thought you called them uh, Skeedy Scapes, and I was like, oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Um, I'm going to I'm going to pass. Ultimately, I would oh. give this. Oh, go ahead, Gail. 
quickly. Sorry. Um, I don't know if it's just that I've been lettering and I'm starting to pick pick things up and notice things. The lettering in this really bugged me, especially the uh, the progenitors captions. Okay. Uh, there are the ones here in the corner where it's set, you know, justified against the other side of the the panel as everything else. Like if you look on that page, it's where, uh, you know, Captain America says uh, it'll change tactics in that right hand corner. The text is justified all the way to the right, but the rest of them are on the left and they progress like normal text. We have a we have a uh, resident Clayton Cowles over here. <laughs> I I saw a couple of those and they really bugged me. Now that you call it out, yeah. And, and I, I think went it's back the only instance. That's not, but uh, yeah, it does it a couple of times in here, like the the page before that. Hmm. Um, but I I flipped through the a couple of the issues and I didn't remember seeing seeing it so i don't know if it's just this issue or what the deal was but there was also one moment where captain america and nightcrawler like appear at some place i think they teleport in and the bubbles for cap are particularly large they're just uh i have it here then see if it works but nope nope but on this side they're just (laughs) like larger than would be normally and the text itself is just compared to the rest of the font on the entire page is just off. All right. Well, like I was saying, I'm I'm passing on this series. I think that um, there are plenty of other you know really great events that Marvel has put out um, that you can read if you're in the mood for an event. Um, this did hmm. <laughs> this did not scratch the event itch for me. Uh, certainly not in the way that uh, Dark Crisis has, and not in the way that I think Marvel could have delivered. I, I actually think there are there are ways that this premise could have been presented um, that would have made it feel more impactful. And I think that the stakes of this book never really felt real. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it probably shouldn't have been. It probably shouldn't have been an extinction event yeah. if the counter to that is something that already exists and is literally referenced or utilized every single week in X-Men comics. Mm-hmm. Um, that just doesn't fly. I don't think extinction level events really work for like, or rather extinctions work for big two comics. You know, the threat of it can work, but once it happens in issue two, it's like, all right, well, there's no stakes. That really hurt it. Is yep. that they wiped out wiped out the planet and then just just oh that wasn't real. That was a dream. Yeah, they figured yeah. this out twice within the before the the middle point of the book, you know? Yeah. yeah. And and that took away from the consequences overall. The the fact that we got served twice. So, all right, they're just gonna keep fucking with us. And lo and behold, they just revert everything back. So None of it, even the swerves were of consequence. Yeah. Uh. Well, 
I guess we'll see how it really wraps up in the Omega issue. Oh, pass. <laughs> yeah, hard pass. Fair enough. Can, can we agree at least that Nimrod balloon is the best thing that happened in this event? Nope. I, <laughs> I did like it. It was kind of I funny. It was adorable. It looked like one of those wrestling pals. Those like wrestling buddies. I want one. Yeah, I... I don't know. Even that was like, wait, some kid's gonna run around with a with, with a, a Nimrod balloon. Yeah, his parents bought him an Orcus shirt. Jesus Christ! Respect <laughs> the fan base. It's a terrorist um, organization. Respect <laughs> the fan base. Okay, all right. Unbelievable. So is QAnon, but <laughs> well, uh, we're gonna. We're going to leap away from Judgment Day and go where this show has never gone before. Oh, well done. We're going to review Star Trek number one. Well, you threw off Hell my yeah. flow there, but okay, cool. What's that? No, I thought we were doing that last, so my slides are mixed up. But... Oh, my God. That's right. <laughs> it's fine. Sorry. We're here already. Sorry. We're, yep. in the, in, we're, in the we're, we're here. I thought you were leaping in, 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 into bounds for action comics for a second. No, 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 but I, I do tall have one. Tall a single bound, yeah. I have a gripe with this book once we get into it. All Which right. One? Star Trek, Star Trek. I have a gripe with Star oh, Trek. Well, this is DS9, so I was very curious to hear your opinion, Tyler. Well, let, let me uh, let me introduce the creative team real fast. So yeah. we've got uh, Colin Kelly and Lansing uh, doing the writing. They've been making the rounds recently, doing some Marvel stuff. Um, Cap, I think, one of the Cap books. Yeah, yep. Uh, artist Ramon Rosanas, colors by Lee Lowridge, and letters by Clayton Cowles, who I feel like he has the ability to phase or multiply his body or something to be able to letter all these different comic books. They got there's, him on a ball and chain somewhere. Black there's Snake something this guy's doing. And, and that's the one question I regret not asking Tom King is, can you <laughs> tell us? What's really going on with Clayton Cowles? Because something is happening. Uh, so, go ahead. People don't talk to letterers. We should see if we can reach out to him. Maybe he'd come on the pod. He's too busy, dude. He's, he's shackled. He can't. He doesn't have time for something like that. <laughs> you could, I mean, listen, I've been doing it, you know, a while now. I could do a podcast and letter at the same time. He does every book, Cal. <laughs> so, this is as I mentioned, a Star Trek book, and I have a lot of love for the idea of Star Trek, and I've watched quite a few episodes of uh, Deep Space Nine and The Next Generation, but very sporadically over my life, much of which I watched when I was a child with my uncle. And so I don't have, like, you know, tremendous memories of everything that was going on and stuff like that. I remember the Borg. I thought that was pretty cool. And certain things like that. Um, but this definitely wasn't for as much as I don't know or remember about what I read or what I um, this wasn't hard to get into. Mm. Yeah, I, I was going to ask if anyone did it or wasn't as familiar because uh, I wonder if the that like write up page at the front uh, helped at all the to contextualize the the a, the age and like where we're at in sort of the world. Uh, that, was that helpful Jake to Cisco, you guys? Uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. I I liked it actually. I thought that was good. Yeah, I liked yeah. it a lot. Yeah, it was it was fine. I I feel like I got what I needed to get 
from just the events inside the book. Mm. Um, I thought it was pretty straightforward. Hey, even if you don't know anything, right? Here's this, you know, captain from the past who died or was gone for some reason. He's back now. He has a hunch about something and he needs to assemble a team of talented people to go and take a real risk to see what's out there. I that, that's what I got out of it. And then I really loved the uh the way Faith played into it. I think it's really interesting that Star Trek is you know showing you this this universe that's so technologically advanced from us, but they still they still believe in something. Like they still have faith and I feel like that faith is more based in progress and that there's something out there. And so he puts it on faith that there's something out there and they all go with their faith in him on this mission that they might not come back from. And that's pretty cool as a premise. Star Trek, baby. Um, I, I, I popped for it, it, This literally has uh, a, a, a crew member from every yes. quote unquote modern yeah. generation. Min- oh. Minus enterprise. Um, okay. I didn't, like I knew, I knew Crusher was on the team. I knew data was on the team and Cisco off the cover. But they really buried the lead that uh, Scotty and uh, and yeah. Tom Paris were on the team too. I was like Paris, yeah. yeah I was I saw very Paris surprised. And I was Paris. Like, oh yeah. yeah, Tom Paris. Okay. And even then, I was like, is it really him? And then he he mentions Bellana, and I was like, oh okay, there we go. Um, this just felt like like, and I don't mean this in a in a in a pejorative sense at all, but like this is like good fanfic, you know, like except it's canon, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> that good fanfic. <laughs> Yeah, well, is it canon? Not that, not, not that kind. Yeah. I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. The, the whole the whole what happened to Cisco thing is a big question, right? Um, that everyone's like, oh, put him in Picard. You know, like, no, no, no. Picard is a mess. Um, but uh, yeah, seeing this, I this is my pick of the week. I had a lot of fun with this. Same. Same. I thought this was wow. very good. Um, yeah. It it, it 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 clues you in onto who these characters are. Like, it gets data so perfectly in like two pages hmm. yeah wholesome cat guy who is also uh you know the the part where he's like oh i'm starting to begin fear i'm starting to feel fear and then he turns his emotion chip <laughs> yeah. off. fantastic thought that was great cheeky um, as beverly crusher who is like this like she's not a hard ass but like she is like work first i will put that first and you got i gotta make sure you're all right yeah she fucks ghosts on the side but you know that's a separate thing um but uh, her in this, that was great. Cisco, I, uh, yeah. I, had, I had a lot yeah. of fun with this. DS9 is probably my favorite uh, 90s Trek series. Yep. And him being the catalyst for this new era of Star Trek with his return is just, it's phenomenal. Like, that could not be... Uh, a better vehicle for bringing this era of Star Trek back. I so I never finished uh, Deep Space Nine, and so I don't know when this happens. But uh, the the fact that it get it, it plays into who Cisco is as a character because he's probably Deep Space Nine is probably one of my favorites as well, and he's him in particular probably my favorite captain. Uh, and so the the fact that this is like a almost like a second coming of him. Uh, I was really digging that premise, but I didn't know. I don't, I don't have conscience into what happened prior, 
So that, if anything, reignited my desire to want to rewatch and see through to the end of Deep Space Nine. I also like the introduction of all these new characters. Like we have an Andorian, we have a, a Vulcan. Um, it, 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 we can have like our POV characters that like we don't know what can happen to them, sort of thing. You know, like the, the, yep. these are the ones where I'm like, oh, they're gonna make me like these characters because something's gonna happen to them. Because you know, we can't really hurt. I mean, I guess you can't hurt Data because this would be before Nemesis technically. Um, so weird timey timey wimey uh, timeline stuff. But um, these new characters that we don't know what could happen to them. So I, I like that that there's some stakes there as well. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, those those little intros were really, really strong. That was that was great stuff. Like. Here are these characters. I didn't know if they were new or not, but just the way they were introduced, it's like, yep. bam, you get enough to have some investment in what, you know, what they're in them and what what's going to happen to them or what you know because this is obviously a dangerous thing they're involved with here so Mm -hmm. um maybe everybody doesn't come back and just from a craft standpoint this being an issue one is a very good issue one yeah it sets the stakes introduces the entire cast Mm -hmm. without really making you realize that they're being introduced you know it's not like a a roll call situation um sure the story lends it to be you know they can be introduced because because cisco needs to be reintroduced to them um, yeah. but it, so you know your whole cast you got that out of the way um, and then you see a big event at the end and there's a cliffhanger like it is mm-hmm. just a really mm-hmm. freaking solid issue number one my my one complaint is I wish we could have had a little bit more room to breathe with Cisco coming back mm-hmm. yeah um, it felt like we didn't really get to live with it and just like live with it for a second you get a montage and, yeah yeah and you know i i i the the show would have done that mm-hmm. but it's an hour-long show and you know you you can't i get it remember when we interviewed jeff johns and he talked about uh bringing uh-huh. <laughs> bringing that you know cinematic element to comics and one of the things he said was that it's about letting things breathe yeah and uh this comic definitely suffered from a lack of that um i think it's tough i feel like there's there's a way there's a way to do both um and maybe they should have explored that but i think this comic was really strong even though it does have that one uh pretty glaring weakness Mm. but i think (laughs) i also think there were tiny moments where uh, they sh- they did let it breathe that they really should have, and I think they really got that right. Like when Cisco comes back and you know he is getting his brain right, but the first thing he does is he hugs his son. Like yeah. that was, and that was the page. Like yeah. that was perfect. Although the the part where he's like uh, he needed to go see some familiar faces in that montage. And there wasn't any mourn in the background. Oh, I was a little. You gotta throw mourn in there. You, know? you can't have it all, you know. <laughs> What'd you guys think about the art? I like Ramon Rosanas. Um, I know it could be a little. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Everyone's a little flat, <laughs> a little flat faced, like, like stiff too. 
Yeah. Um, I really like this work in Ant-Man, um, so I'm familiar with it. Um, I thought it was good here. I thought the likenesses were were good enough where I know who that is, and that's the actor, but also not referencing, um, which if you're drawing, you know, IP stuff, like, that's a sweet spot that I like. So um, it, hit, yeah. it hit the right the right parts for, for me there. Yeah. Yeah, I think otherwise nails it. Um, the nothing too busy with the panels. We're just really just trying to communicate the story. The I think to your point, Tyler, on like the the lack there of it seeming photo referency. There's a page where uh, Data is playing cards, and you can see him from different angles. And I think I think it captures gets captured really really well. Uh, yeah, overall, you know, pretty solid aside from it just not being feeling so dynamic and. It, it it's hard to kind of get that across in a book like this because you're just kind of they're talking heads a lot of the time um but otherwise tight and i think that's a, a struggle that you know this this ip has to deal with too is a lot of times this show is just talking heads right you know sometimes there's action and it's good uh but a lot of the time it's not um, and here, I think, you know, it very easily could have been pretty boring, but I feel like he did really well. Mm -hmm. I think that the pitfall, too, when you want to fight against the whole talking heads thing is then you get the movies, you know what I mean? Where it's, <laughs> it's too much of that. Then you lose kind of the, the spirit of what like TV Star Trek was. And like for now, for this first issue, I think it's hitting a pretty good middle, middle ground there. Yeah, yeah I think so. Pull. I agree. Easy I'm excited pull. that, that yeah. this is out there. I'm 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 surprised I'm reading a I, I want to read a Star Trek book and I'm not reading any Star Wars books. Yeah. <laughs> I, but, I think uh, you guys convinced me this this has become my pull of my pull of the week. All right. Hell yeah. And we got an, we got the, the Defiant coming too. Like we we might be in a renaissance for uh yeah. for Star Trek comics, which is exciting. Well, uh we're in a renaissance of the Riddler. Riddler's got oh. uh, the One Bad Day, which was, you know, really great, according to everyone who's read it. I am not among those people yet. You have uh, no, no, and I knew that would come up. And then make you read it. This is like the third week in a row that that's come up, which is so funny. Um, and then we've got this, the Riddler Year One by Paul Dano and Stevan Subic uh, with letters by... You know who? Clayton Cowles. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't we just read a book from him? Yes. <laughs> uh, so this is, as you can imagine, the year one origin story for Paul Dano's rendition of the Riddler from the Batman, not the Riddler from the comics. So hopefully that wasn't confusing to anyone. I definitely get how it can be. Um, but that that is the case. Um, Paul Dano, I don't know if he's got a background in writing comics or writing anything. I, I'm not. I just don't know. Um, but he wanted to try his hand at the Riddler and digging deeper into this character. I'm very curious to hear what you guys thought about this. I can at least confirm that Paul Dano is an avid reader. That much I can give you. Of comics? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought I thought I'd heard that he'd written like a novel or something. I'm looking up. He, he has soundtrack credits on on IMDb. Interesting. Um, no writing credits that I can see. I no. I thought it was 
I, I don't know that I got a lot out of the character. Um, we're just following him around, and that's fine. Um, but I don't know that it made me feel a way about him, good or bad. Uh, I, I felt kind of neutral finishing the book. The, the the thing that caught my eye more than anything else was just the art. Um, I've never seen was it Sepix Sepix art Subix art, and um, I'm a fan. I like the style. I like how dirty it feels and how dynamic it feels sometimes is really just plays with form really well. Um, so I think a good way to attract the eye, but otherwise, um, it didn't do much for me writing wise, at least for, for me, it's, it's tricky. Um, because this is, he's the villain of the Batman story, you know, the Batman movie. Um, how do you make that character your protagonist of a book? Because with the protagonist, he, he's kind of – you run the risk of trying to make him likable, um, which I don't think you want to do for this character. Um, mm. But I do think this book kind of falls into some tropes of, you know, like making him relatable, making him um, – is pitiable a word? You, you, you can kind of pity him in this, yes. um, which I don't – doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> um I think uh, it, it it I think it captures the character well for that that character that we got in the movie. I think that that's real good. Um, part of me wishes that maybe we had a POV character outside of the Riddler in this that I can kind of you know get invested in, um, because we know where his story eventually ends up. Like you know, there's no surprises there. Um, the 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 scene where he like. He like follows the guy to the diner is a little unnerving. I felt, um, I think it, it is a solidly written comic. I, I don't, I actually, I think it's a pretty decently written comic. Um, especially when it comes to like the Riddler's like internal monologue. He's a very internal character. Um, anything he does external is a fuck up. Uh, and they show that really well. Mm. Um, the, the little beats where, you know, he's talking to somebody and then they, they do something or they, they, they show him that he's wrong and then they become demons in his eyes. Like like the constant questioning of himself. Like, oh, am I the issue or is the world the issue? You know, I like that. Um, it kind of feels weird when you when I'm starting to like feel for him, which maybe that's the objective. Maybe that's what Paul Dano wants to do. Maybe Paul Dano wants me to feel weird for being like, oh, well – this guy didn't know any better, you know, like he's not, he's not trying to be a creep or a bad guy or whatever. And maybe that, that uncomfortableness is the objective. Which if, if that's the case, kudos. Cause I did feel uncomfortable reading this at some points. Um, mm -hmm. I thought the, the subic art was, was good. It kind of reminds me of, um, uh, department of truth. Um, I'm trying to remember, uh, M Simmons on department of truth. Um, where it's got this real scratchiness. It's, al it's almost like, uh, at some points it feels like Sienkiewicz in a way. Um, yeah, which is appropriate because the uh, the the cover is by Sienkiewicz, uh, which I was really bummed. I was like, oh, are the interiors by Sienkiewicz? No, but somebody who comes from like the same, uh, I guess you know who, who might have who might have been influenced by Sienkiewicz when when they were uh, you know, coming up. Um, I thought it was a, for somebody who I don't think has written, written comics before. I thought it was pretty well done. Um, my biggest issue is uh, the ending comes out of nowhere and uh, it feels abrupt. So I think pacing is an issue with this. Um, the story itself, I think, is serviceable. What's the ending? 
it, it just comes out of nowhere. Like, um, he sees the, the, his boss, his two bosses or his boss and his coworker with a flood or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like him envisioning. Yeah. That's not, that's yeah. That's not real. Yeah. And I guess the other issue I had was that it's a little referencing. It's, it's referencing too much. The places we saw in the movie, like really running out of that diner again. Um, oh, we're going to the Penguins Club where all the corrupt people go to. It's like, all right, well, if you're going to build out this world, maybe show me new places. That's fair. Uh, I really I really enjoyed this. Oh, uh, well, I was I should have let you go, Kale. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I'll just finish. Uh, I, I really Might enjoyed well. this. Um, I thought that the art was very, very appropriate. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, just completely nailed it, and I think, I think, I, frankly, I think this book nails everything it tries to do. The Riddler, yeah. you know, Tyler talked about feeling uncomfortable. I mean, did you feel uncomfortable when you saw the movie? Because I, mean, it was I a did. Long, so yes, my back was hurting. Um, I, I felt very uncomfortable by the Riddler in the film, and I think that they did a great job of translating that to the comic and doing so while we're not looking at it from. The perspective of Batman or the perspective of the people that he's killing, we're looking at it from his perspective. You can, the book makes you sympathize with him to some degree, but it also highlights the fact that he's a creep. And I think part of that creepiness is informed by what we know because he doesn't kill his boss. He just goes to, goes to talk to him. That's a creepy thing to do, but it's not a harmful thing to do. If, 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 if this book like if he never became the Riddler of the movie, that wouldn't be a horrible thing. You know, that's not a terrible be, act. Just be an HR violation at most. Yeah. Right. And the guy's even willing to let it go because he doesn't assume anything bad of this person. Sure. Um, because that's how the world looks at, you know, uh Edward Nash. He's a they don't even look at him. You know? Um, he's an annoyance at best. Mm. Um I, I think this is a really strong first issue of a comic for um, for someone to be joining the industry and sort of starting fresh. Um, I don't think all of the dialogue's perfect. I think there are definitely pieces of it that are just like, eh, that doesn't really stick. Um, the sequences of him, like, seeing him himself, like, killing himself, Riddler... Mm. Those are heavy. Yeah, they're heavy, but they're really effective. And that's what I love about this book. It doesn't shy away from anything at all. Is uh, this is is this Black Label? Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, because they said they said fuck at some point, and I was like, oh. Yeah, which is so ridiculous because <laughs> in this comic they don't bleep it, but in Human Target, which I, admittedly. I read that totally thinking we were reviewing it this week, but I forgot what I put for the books. I was surprised um, we weren't. Yeah. It was like, on my yeah, because like, you know why? Like, oh, the guys probably want to read Star Trek. True. And it was my pick, my pick of the week. So, yeah. I'd have read, I'd have read Human Target over this. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> well, this is the book I wanted to read. So we, we got to, you know, we'll give and uh, take. yeah, exactly. Human Target had to lose. Um, yeah, I, I I was really high on this. This 
could have been my my book of the week, and it was until I read the next book. So, yeah. Oh, wow. really? All right, that's really huh. hitting for you, huh? Kale, what'd you think of this incel book? <laughs> wow. I thought it was fine. <laughs> I thought it was fine. I I don't have strong feelings about it. I like the art. Um, I still haven't seen the Batman. Um, so oh. still still not interested. Interesting. So, I forgot about that. Unbelievable. Yeah. No thanks. Uh, somebody asked me about it recently, and I, no, I feel great. <laughs> um, but I, I, yeah, like I, I don't have anything to to say against against the book. Like you know, everything you guys have said is is on point. I think there were bits where the dialogue was was really stiff yep um but i mean other than that like i think it's paced really well i think um i you know i had a hard time even uh, tyler you mentioned that the the ending seemed to come out of nowhere and i didn't get that at all i felt like i've tracked every step of the way yeah, yeah i agree um sure. so I don't know. I just think I just think this is a world I don't care to live in. It's a compelling enough story, but you know, it's... I totally forgot you hadn't seen the Batman. I would have booked this a whole different way. <laughs> would have had you up first. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, how do you like so... those uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man movies? Uh, they suck. <laughs> They're his favorite. I've all only seen the last one. I was gonna say all of the one he's seen. <laughs> un, un, unreal. I just I can't. Let's talk about uh, Grandpa Superman. I mean, Action Comics number ten forty eight. Of course, that is a reference to the face that Superman is making on the cover of this book. If you are not watching us, uh, I highly recommend you look it up. And he while you're like at it, a, look up yeah. the look up the cover of ten forty seven because both of them. Great art otherwise. I just don't get the faces. He looks like he's going to eat 12 hot dogs after hitting a home run. Yeah. With no mouth. You, you bleep yourself I, out there I, with your connection. I Sean. assume you said teeth. I hope you said teeth. <laughs> I said teeth. Yes, I did. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, so this is actually the listener pick this week. Um, we reviewed this last month, yep. and it was the listener pick as well last month so kudos to you guys uh you guys clearly know what you want to hear us talk about when it comes to superman and we're happy to oblige uh so this this issue i i would say that it's not as as not as like incredible a home run it's not a you know it's not that home run that everybody's going to be talking about at the water cooler on monday when they get to work but I do think it's a really strong follow-up to what was that home run in uh, 1047. This one is – oh, shoot, the creative team. Sorry, before we yeah. get to, to the praise part. Uh, so, of course, Philip Kennedy Johnson is uh, on the writing duties here. Uh, we've got Mike Perkins doing the art. Mm -hmm. um, that was a surprise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. Lee Lowridge on colors and uh, co letters by Dave Sharp. Um, this issue sees the children from, uh, what's that war torn planet? I always forget the name of war world? I wonder if it had war in the name of the planet. Oh yeah. It's like right. it was a war world. <laughs> yeah. Like a, like a, 
a, a, a, a, a battle sphere, like a, <laughs> a, 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 a fight ecosystem. Hmm. I like fight ecosystem. That sounds better. But we can't talk about fight ecosystem. Give me three more, Cal. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, a conflict circle. Uh, <laughs> it's called an octagon. Uh, Kale, he just had to write something for screen screenwriting. All right, he's a little creative. I'm out of I'm out of synonyms right for war. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great bit. Uh, so <laughs> the book is showing you. us those these two kids from War World as they're kind of like learning what Earth is like, and I think that that's mostly where the humor comes from in this comic. Um, mm -hmm. I think it works. I love seeing these kids. Animals are. Or, or at least not Earth, and, and there's this character who I have I have no clue who that is at all. But um, you've never seen you Bibbo Bibbo no. Bibowski? Oh, no. man. I was literally about to, I was gonna ask Superman. You. Yeah, incredible. And he and he's awesome because he's like, yeah, hey, I can tell these kids anything, and <laughs> they don't know any better. Uh, that's that's all really great. Two things that I really loved in this issue. I, I I said it last time. I'll say it again. I love Metallo. Metallo's awesome. And seeing him in this issue still sticking it to Luthor. He got his body somehow, but he's still sticking it to Luthor. He won't do what Luthor wants. And seeing that anger Luthor so much, that was a great moment. That was cool. There's, he's used to getting what he wants. And he knows he's going to get what he wants. He knows it's going to happen, but what's it going to take? What's it going to have to take from Metallo? What's going to have to happen to get Metallo to see his way? I, I like the that two-panel interaction where he just like flips the table. He's like reaching for his jacket, and then he's like, "Hold on, hold on." Like I gotta, I gotta compose myself. And I was like, "Oh, that was very good, very good." Just beats. I love a good Lex temper tantrum. Yeah. The other moment that I really loved, I thought it was awesome, is actually just two pages of this comic, uh, which is the arrival of the new gods. Mm -hmm. Holy yeah. shit, that was cool. That was so awesome. I At first, I was like, okay, so we got Mr. Miracle. We got, um, uh, we got who was that? That cloaked woman from uh, the New Fifty Two that was in, appearing in the background. Yeah, I thought it was. Oh, I was Pandora. like, we got, we got, we got Mister Miracle, Pandora, yeah. and Calabac. Um, that's who I thought the one we had. Remembered? <laughs> yes, Calabac. I, I, I know. Um, but it's, it's not them. It's actually. Do you know that from guy. Because that one Sorry? time I made Cal. Do you know that from Quistery? Because that one time I made Calabac one of the questions. <laughs> no, I just, I just know Calabac. Okay. Um. And he was he was in Mr. Miracle, I think, too, right? Oh, they all were. Yeah, yeah should have been. Yeah. Their arrival was so crazy. It came out of nowhere. And I was actually kind of thinking, like, you know, I wonder where this comic's going. I don't really know. And then I turned the page and there's literally a boom and a huge explosion, and they arrive. And they were made to look like rock stars. Like they look awesome in this appearance. If you've never seen them before, you're like, holy. Superman's in trouble. Not. I will clarify that's Orion and Desaad. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that was Desaad. 
I'm pretty that. sure it's Desaad. I bet yeah. I knew that. Yeah. Desaad's the first one I recognize, honestly. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, man, all this book needed to do to be good for me was have Bibbo in it. Like, it's one of those few things where I'm like, oh, we get Superman's bartender friend who's just like, yeah. he's like towny. He's like a metropolis towny. Dude, um, the, the the way that they uh, would spell out his, uh, I guess the way he speaks, Superman. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly, yeah. That's how you know it's Bibbo. It has the double O instead of the U, yeah. Um, that's great. And I also like how um, they aged up John Kent, made him a teenager, have it, having his own stories while he's Superman. Uh, but they're like, but we never really got to tell enough Superman with kids stories, so let's just give him two more. Um, yeah. I, I I like that Superman is pissed about that too. Yeah, yeah. He's still he's still like flashing back to it, you know, with his dad yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I like how that's being worked in. Uh, I think this is fun. Um, the Perkins art surprised me. In a good way or bad way? In in a way, like I didn't know it was going to be Perkins. Mm. Um, once yeah. I got to it, I was like, oh, this is this is Perkins. I like this stuff. How about in the way that I didn't realize it was Perkins until I said it? <laughs> Whoops. Is it is it without Spicer on, on colors? It, it didn't register? You think you're so used to that? That felt different. That definitely felt it different. Did. Yeah. Totally. And not not in a bad way. I think the art was awesome. I was coming in here to praise the art for sure. Um, seeing it's Perkins, now I'm a little less surprised, you know, by the quality because uh, Perkins does great work. Like Mike Perkins' name is now one that I associate with high quality art. And obviously that's due to the swamp thing. But now he's translating that over into this. And I, I think this was, you know, very good as well. I think it's also impressive because Swamp Thing, like his art lends itself to Swamp Thing, I think, well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a little dirty, it's a little gritty. Um, but those two words do not ex- do not describe Superman. <laughs> um even so, I think it kind of works. Uh those metallic scenes I think work really well. Um, I think Lowridge on colors is a lot more traditional, which works for Superman. Um, uh, you... uh, I have a lot of problems with uh, with the. Uh... <laughs> Yo, changed, I thought I someone <laughs> else was talking. I was like, how did, how did that happen? How did someone get in here? Uh, What's going on? He'll, he'll, he'll figure that out. Um, I think it switched uh, your head, headphone mics or whatever. But yeah. yeah, it switched mics on you. The other thing I wanted to point out is that I really love how this issue is really just three scenes. Um, yeah. It's very tight in that way. It doesn't uh, it doesn't um, belabor anything, but there's also not a lot of extraneous scenes. It's just these three sequences that, that play themselves out. Um, and, uh, I, I enjoyed each one of them. So for me, this was my, my pick of the week. It feels like top level month over month superhero comics. It's not an event. It's not like anything so crazy, but this is, this is a very solid storyline. I'm really, really enjoying it. Uh, I think to pick up on on Kale's point on the colors, uh, that didn't sell me too much. Um, they felt a little, what's it, like faded, um, muddy. Maybe uh, it it wasn't as bright and vibrant as I think the previous issue might have been, and I was expecting a bit more of that vibrancy and energy. And plus, Perkins' art is already kind of dark and heavy inks and so to add on top of that 
a, a more uh, earthy palette, I guess I want to say. Uh, I, I don't think that it, it, it worked as well for me. So the, I wasn't as, I was surprised to see Perkins and then to see the art, I didn't feel it was as strong. And I, but I think largely that's due to the coloring. Hmm. That's what I was trying to say. Um, is there's this, especially in the zoo scenes, there's like this yellow wash over everything. Yeah. Yeah. That, and, and then when the new gods come in, there's like a, it's like a red film over everything. And I just, I just did, it made everything look, I don't know, smudgy. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. For some reason, I liked that. Felt like fall. Mm. Felt like a, Action comics, if they sprinkled some pumpkin spice <clears throat> over it, it fe- it felt to me like when uh, a movie wants you to know it's in Mexico. <laughs> it just has like a filter over it. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kel, I thought Bibbo was uh, the goon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, oh, I was like, what it's the like- fuck is going on? <laughs> Especially when he goes Superman, I was like, "Whoa, hold on a second, this is a weird ass crossover." I mean, you're not not wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like I said, this was my pick of the week. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't think we would end up reviewing this this week. I figured, you know, we would review the return to Earth, uh, you know, with ten forty seven, and then I would just read this on my own. Uh, and I was grateful enough to the listeners for for that. But, uh, I mean, as long as you guys keep picking it, I guess this is what we're reviewing month over month. So, thank you. Yeah, it's good. What about the back half? What about it? I, I, I care for it. I mean, it's, an, it's another part of the story. You just could leave oh, that yes. hanging? I yes. That was were the you really? Supergirl <laughs> Steel stuff? Uh, yeah, I mean, I read it. It's not the main story. It's fine. He just said backups don't matter. I don't. I don't think they do. I, wow. <laughs> he doubled down on backups don't matter. Yeah, I don't actually think they matter. <laughs> Very rarely have I read a backup that was like, wow, this is awesome. Like, it just doesn't really happen. The I last one I can it's... think of was uh, the backup to uh, 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 was it was when Scott was on Scott Snyder was on Detective. Um, the the oh, Black Mirror story, yeah, yeah. yeah. The backup was the, Villa. yeah. The backup with was the skeleton key, which featured Jim Gordon and his son. That was awesome. Rom B on uh, Justice League Dark on the back of Justice League. True, those were good. Those were All good. Right. Okay, those were good. Those were good. Those only those. The, those the backup the, the backup Catwoman stories in uh, Ooh, like uh, following the the Penguin. And like his his sons or his his children, were fun, inconsequential, but fun. They were Maybe fine. Zdarsky's Batman. I just think it's wild. The backups. It's David Lapham drawing Superman comics. Like that alone is just kind of mind boggling. Um, didn't like the art. It's a little wasn't as polished. Um, I don't think. It's the guy from Stray Bullets. I don't know if you ever read Stray Bullets. I've not. Or no. Um, some. Image books where horrible things happen to everyone, <laughs> um, but it's a fun little. Uh, it, it's not fun. Fun is the wrong word. It's depressing. But it's some good image image comic stuff. Okay, 
that's it for our reviews this week. But the show's not over because this week we're actually lucky enough, as I said earlier, to have Marco on the show. And because of that, it means that we are allowed to do a segment that we haven't been able to do in three weeks. It's been. Comics tag. Tag, I'm it. Marco was tagged to read New Avengers. It started off with the first two issues. Then it became the first four issues. I hope, Marco, that you have come and you have read at least the first trade. I hope that that's what you've come prepared to discuss. Brian Michael Bendis, David Finch, Marco, go. This is uh, this is the it opens up with the stuff I don't like about superhero comics, where you're mashing the toys together in this big prison battle sort of situation. Those are the first three issues. I'm are like, you talking Ugh. about the raft. The what? Is he talking about the raft battle? Sean? Yes, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I don't. It's so good. Are you? I didn't care for it. I'm like, all right, yeah. Bad Marco. guys are getting loose. Fight. They're, they're going to fight. Electro too. Marco's about to get gang banged. <laughs> Whoa! Hey, don't threaten him with a good time. <laughs> and then, uh, and then they 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 hold off on this reveal for the Sentry, who I don't know who, I don't have context for, but it make it this whole big thing, and uh, it happens, and I, I think it's a good moment. It's good beats. Uh, but the reveal itself, and then just like, oh, the sentry's back. Mike, he killed his wife. Like, what are we? Uh, all right, sure. Like, what are we doing? Um, <laughs> Mark was like, this criminals in the Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, and then the rest of it is just battles. Like the 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 what is it? Carnage sequences where he like tries to attack. Um, Foggy's cool. Um, Daredevil being there as well as um, uh, Cage and. Um, what you call it? Oh, I'm printing her name. Jessica Jones. Yeah. Jessica Jones. Like that. That was cool. Uh, like, for... Is that the Carnage dinosaur? No, 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 no. This this was just regular Carnage. No, it's Cletus Cassidy. He was in the raft. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they get. There's more Carnage down the line. Am I right about that, Sean? I am almost 100 percent sure. There's more Carnage down the line. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, Carnage, I mean, not in the general sense, but. Um, <laughs> uh, like a symbiote thing. I remember there being a, a, a symbiote dinosaur. You're thinking of uh, they go to um, the Savage Land. Maybe. Maybe. And they, I think they see Sauron. There's definitely Sauron and a dinosaur in the Savage Land because they yeah. crash land. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yep. Okay. And then okay. yeah, and yeah, then yeah. on top of all this, I like David Finch. David Finch's art I okay. enjoy. I like, um, but this is that early two like early two thousands to mid two thousands art and like Marvel stuff and there's like a shine on people. Uh I don't like that stuff. So this also from an art perspective, I'm like not feeling it. David Finch, cool. I was excited for that, but to see the uh the Marvel house style here was frustrating for me. Um because I did not enjoy those uh, those comics. Like like the the ultimate spider-man kind of thing like that sort of style uh are you talking about like when um when comics first started like utilizing digital colors and inks yes yes exactly how how are you drawing the link from david finch 
No, Tyler just said it. The digital are the digital inks and digital coloring. Yeah, digital inks, digital coloring. Like like that from a craft perspective, I'm not a fan of, and it, it especially in the early 2000s it's gotten better since then. But uh, this was the early stuff, and uh, not a fan. I was frankly a little disappointed because uh, the the last the last two sets of books that were superhero related that you that you guys had given me, I had a lot of fun with. So I was ready to to come into this liking it. I'm like, man, if I'm gonna read Bendis, I'll read Powers or something. This was fine. Your pals polls, which we'll talk about, but oh well, my pal polls are separate. But uh, yeah, this was I. I probably wouldn't continue this. Who's your favorite new Avenger, and why is it Spider Woman? Oh, shot. Well, I mean, I didn't actually ask for an explanation about that, but yeah. You want more in depth? I don't. No, I'm okay. That's enough. <laughs> Surface level here, baby. We we get that. <laughs> I am blown yeah. away. You know what? Fine. Go ahead. That was worth the three week wait. I gotta <laughs> say, I'm thrilled with that. I wow. that, was like, that was like that was like a comics tag edging with no climax. That's what that yep. was. Yeah. What what was the appeal for you guys? I don't. I... The appeal was toys being smashed together. Honestly. Oh, well. All right. <laughs> no, like, wasn't the the appeal was. the appeal was that it was fresh. You're you're reading that now. What? Quite frankly, superheroes fighting villains is not is not a. You know that's just what comics are. That's just what superhero comics are. Sure, right. But uh, so so that's why I say this toy smashing together. Like, well, what do you read superhero comics for? But beyond that, it was the freshness of the team. It was the fact that at the time there was no Avengers team. And these were the new Avengers with really cool and interesting and dynamic characters. Um, and the deeper you go, the more you find that there's a lot of, I mean, amazing ideas that carried for years uh, were born out of what Bendis and Finch were doing there. I, I will say the, the seeds that get planted, like specifically with Spider-Woman and me not knowing where her allegiances lie. That was interesting. That that was a thread that I'm like, oh, okay. There's something here that he's going to work into in the long term. Um, but it didn't grab me enough to want to pursue what that would be. You, you don't can... know what you don't know what that is. Of course, what do you mean? he's it's Marco. You don't know what the seeds are. Like you don't know what it, what what grows from those seeds, do you? No. You ever read Secret Invasion? Oh, she's the first one. Wait, nope. what? Forget no? it. For, forget it. No, absolutely not. What's your <laughs> tagging and what? Uh, it is Material by Alesh Kot. Uh, and I'm going to tag uh, Sean. Good, because me and Cal aren't here next week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Well, Alesh Kot is play good. More yeah. Comics hide and seek. Uh, Alesh, uh, Alesh Kot. Uh, this was one of the few series that I've picked up from him otherwise and mm. I, I didn't read zero um but he had some other books that were pretty good and this one in particular stuck out to me because it was it's a bit more artsy i'd say um he he does some interesting experimentation with the form uh, the idea of introducing music and literature also was really interesting i think it's a heady book and so this is right down um, sean's aisle 
I, well, yeah. <laughs> so, Sean, enjoy material. Um, I'm, Alice, I'm, Alice, go ahead, Sean. I'm very tempted not to read this, to just no sell it and you come next week and just tag someone else and call it a day. Wait, no, why? That destroys the integrity of Comics Tag. You might as well have, oh, not have top oh, comics tag. Oh, uh, Tyler, uh, let me ask you, um, what else destroys the integrity of comics pals? Or, or comics uh, pals, uh, pals oh, pull, or comics, comics tag. tag. <laughs> He's not wrong. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? But I, I just didn't like it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that you didn't show up here for three <laughs> to be weeks. Fair, last that was week in my fault. That my ruins fault. the last integrity. Last week was my fault. Well, last week was my fault. That that is what ruins two two weeks of those were on Wednesdays where I work. Mm. Blame capitalism. That's that's actually Always. the answer to everything. Honestly, everything. Um, I will say, Alice Cott does a fantastic Secret Avengers run that I think is oh. under underappreciated. Uh, it has uh, uh, um, Coulson in it, uh, Nick Fury, Maria Hill, Modok um, as a starring role. Um, it's in Hawkeye and Black Widow. Really good stuff. I, I highly recommend that book. Super trippy. He's a wild writer. Yeah, that, that's the kind of that's the dude who like just goes into the, like a cabin in the woods to write, right? Like he just like, yeah, he says, like hey, I'm leaving social media to do a new book. I'm going he into the woods. Disappears yeah. like months at a time. Yep. The dream. But that's comic. All right. You want, you want to talk about Pals Poles instead? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So Pals Poles, I want. Oh, shoot. Uh, I accidentally put a slide of uh, Dazzler's Dumpy from the newest issue of Exterminators in this. Wow. Okay. Whoops. Didn't mean to do that. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, boy. That's... um. That was awkward. All right. Secret Invasion, Sean. Uh, I love that perfectly cropped image, by the way. Yeah. I don't know how it got there. Mistake. That wasn't me. I don't control that. It just... it That just happened. Sean, Secret uh, Invasion. Holy shit. Holy shit, Tyler. <laughs> I only just saw it. What? Sorry. God damn. Uh look. You know, we just we just referenced Secret Invasion. Uh I am I when it first came out, the original Secret Invasion, I was not a fan. I thought that it was not very good. I was disappointed. Uh I look back on it a lot more fondly now. Um, especially in subsequent readings, I more understand what Bendis was putting down. Um, that being said, this has nothing to do with that original event at all. It just has the name. Uh, it's by Ryan North, uh, Francesco Mobley on pencils. I, you know what? I picked it because I might as well see what it is. Um, I might as well. I've heard a lot of great things about Ryan North. I've never read anything that I can think of by Ryan North. Uh, so, you know, I'll pick it up and see what happens, but, uh, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that I have the highest of hopes. This is more of a nostalgia thing for me. I, I will say as a, as, as a guy who's read Ryan North stuff before, um, be prepared for a uh, bottom of page text. I don't know if he still yeah. does that. Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely he does. He definitely does. And I don't know if this will be the kind of book where that happens, yeah. but if it is, yeah. Sean's going to hate it. Oh no, yeah. Sean! That happened. He's done that it happens. in Squirrel Girl. Um, yeah, which made sense Jughead. there. Yeah, yeah. Jughead. Um, mm. it's, it's it's interesting. It's it's a it's a thing he does. So we'll see. He's doing a uh, Fantastic Four, right? That's that yes. as well. So he's kind of 
his 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 cred at Marvel is going up there. Um, Marco, you pulled a and this surprised me because I had no idea this book existed. A new Brian Michael Bendis book from Dark Horse, uh, The Ones by Bendis and Jacob Edgar. Yeah, so I didn't actually know that Bendis was writing this. I follow Edgar's art, uh, and he's coming out with a new book. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I'm going to go pick it up. And I really like the style, very cartoony. And um, I think there's a there's a separate cover that shows his yeah, art. Yeah, I, but... I pulled up a Dan, a Dan Hip variant. I'm just okay. Like Dan Hip variant. Yeah, yeah. Um, but his, his comes off almost like, um, uh, I want to say, kind of like Shaner a little bit he has that vibe tom riley kind of and i like that interesting style so um i didn't realize it was bendis until i i picked it but uh i like bendis enough on on some of the more mystery stuff that he'll do Uh, i referenced powers earlier and i think this is going to be within that and i'm always a fan of of edgar so i'm i'm down to, to check it out Okay, Marco, also explain your next poll. Uh, this is called I'm a Terminal Cancer Patient, but I'm fine. Uh, it's also about a 38-year-old author of erotic manga who has colon cancer. Do you want to explain why you want to read this one? I like uh, memoirs. Uh, graphic memoirs are really interesting to me. I recently read Parentheses by uh, Renee Durant, I want to say, which is another graphic memoir about her troubles with uh she had like a series of epileptic seizures and like the process through it and how she evokes her art through that and i think you get a lot of raw emotion when it comes to you're facing some sort of existential crisis or you're in some sort of uh situation where you're physically and mentally like taxed and to put it into graphic novel form and and to continue to create is really interesting to me and so um yeah I, i picked it uh it's an interesting area of comics. Fair. All right. And I, uh, I want to check out Deadpool number one. Um, this is by, uh, Alyssa Wong and, uh, Kokolo is the last name. I don't have the first name up. I should have done that. That's on me. Um, but it, it has been a while since we've had a Deadpool number one, which are, which is a sentence I never thought I would say. Um, I thought that was one of those like number one, like those those ongoing series that we'd have for a while. Um, artist is Martin Kokolo. Um, Tom Mueller on designs too, so interesting. I wonder if it'll have. Uh, I guess it has some of the X designs still on it. Um, but yeah, I just want to see what this what this is. Is this is so um, more dead. It's got the it's got the X corner yeah. box, so it must That's be true. a yep. must be an X book. Uh, and then I want. I don't know if I want to pick up, but I am. Morbidly intrigued by uh, Batman and the Joker, the Deadly Duo. Oh, this is the uh, yeah the Mark Silvestri book coming out. That is that has been in the works oh. since I've been alive. Uh, Sean, how long has this been in the works for? Oh man, this is this is going back into the nineties. This is like, wasn't this his? <laughs> he he's always wanted to do yeah. a Batman Joker book. It just never. He just was never able to pull it off. Are you guys Silvestri fans? Yeah, I am. Okay. I definitely yeah. am. The problem is that it's 2022. <laughs> I have <Yeah>. seen <laughs> Batman and the Joker team up when Joker was ahead. I've seen Batman and Joker team up when it was really Robin. I've seen Batman and Joker team up in every single scenario to where I no longer need this. I will say, um, Marco and Sean, be prepared to read this next week because something something tells me this this will be uh, the the listener pick. I'm mm-hmm. just smelling it right now. 
Interesting. Um, is the whole thing smelling. is the whole thing Silvestri art, or is he uh, just writing so. it? Yeah, it took. It, I mean, um, it took him this long to to draw it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's all <laughs> it's all him. That's pretty cool. I can, I can get confirmation on that in a second while I look this up. Um, Silvestri. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, there's 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 there have been pages that they put in previews, uh, in the back of DC books, and the pages look good. Like Silvestri's obviously, you know, it's a certain flavor that you have to. Like, yeah, I think. yeah, right, sure. Uh, it happens to work for me, but when it comes to just that idea of those two teaming up, it's just played out. I can't do it anymore. Um, yeah. And then, uh, Kale, you uh, want to check out uh, the second issue of uh, Gotham City Year One by Tom King and Phil Hester. Yeah. I like <laughs> Phil Hester. Why'd you have to, there's um, a question at the end of that, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm still sort of interested to see where this goes. I hope it picks up. I'm giving it, you know, a second chance. I, I think I'm still giving Tom King a little uh, more credit uh since reading rorschach um mm. so this still has the makeup of stuff i i want to read and and stuff i like so i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a try worst thing you can do so and that's yeah uh i i, I did want to show because I, I forgot to i did want to show off this bad boy oh you got Whoa. it real quick i did so i so I am a huge fan of the Matrix, uh, and there is a series that I never was able to find called the Matrix Comics, um, and it just compiles all the the Matrix comics that that have ever been put out. Um, and uh, this is always out of print, always, always out of print. And listener of the show, friend of the show, friend in real life, Matt Murphy, uh, mentioned on Discord, showed off his pals pulls on our Discord server. And this was one of them. And uh, he inspired me to go finally get it. Thanks to Matt. Thanks to Midtown for having it. This was one of two copies they had left. So I'm really, Damn. really happy that I have Can it. I list yep. off some of the creative teams on this? I'm just looking it up. Yeah, yeah. They're wild. Uh, yeah. Wachowskis, obviously. Uh, Neil Gaiman, Jeff Darrow, Dave Gibbons, Bill, Bill Sienkiewicz, Ted McKeever, Tim Sale, uh, oh. Peter Bagg, David Lapham. Jeez, there's some interesting people on here. Michael Oming, yep. Carrie Andrews, Tommy Lee Edwards, Dave McCaig. Yeah. Holy wow. shit. Jim Kruger uh, is a part of this as well. Freddie's um, brother, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a it's a wild creative team, and I'm just so excited to dive into it. So wow. uh, what was this? Fifty bucks fifty bucks well spent. That's real good for that for that. Burly Man Entertainment. I've never never heard of them. You said Burly Man? Yeah, that's the name of the publisher. Uh, I feel uh, like that's the uh that yeah, that's the name of the Wachowski's um publishing it. company. Because Bur- the Burly Man fight is the fight with Neo and um Smith, where there's multiple Smiths the first time. Oh, it looks the, like the original yeah. publishers of Shell and Cowboy as well. Before it went over to Dark Horse. Interesting. Okay. Anyway, oh. I just wanted to show that off. Um real cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, cool. damn. We will be back. Shelf book. Yeah. Sorry? That's a good shelf book. You know, or like you leave it on your coffee table at your apartment. Dude, I'm going to leave it in shambles because I'm going to read this to death. <laughs> nice. Nice. Thank you guys for watching. We appreciate it as always. 
make sure that you leave a like on the video or follow us, depending on where it is that you're watching this. Subscribe to our channel anywhere you are watching this. If you are listening to this, leave us a rating or a review on the platform that you are listening to this on. All of that stuff is free to do, and it helps us out a lot more than it costs you. We are streaming live on YouTube now. As of today, this was our first attempt. Let us know how we did. Uh, so that means that if you want to watch this show live, Twitch is not the only option anymore. You can watch on YouTube. So both options, YouTube, Twitch, slash the Comics Pals. This show live Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, Saturdays at 10.15 a.m. Eastern. This Saturday, we will have Al Ewing on the show. So if you have questions for Al, if you just want to come and watch either of those platforms, uh, we will have the Al Ewing interview airing so come hang out for that uh for everything else get us at the comics pals this sunday on patreon we're gonna do a uh community get together we're gonna watch blade yes i forgot join that is this sunday right the 30th it is yeah it is okay yeah blade make sure you join join no blade the vampire stabber spooky yeah, you know it. Join the Patreon. Wesley Snipes. Join the Patreon so you can watch Blade. How does it feel, Kale, to try to make a statement plugging the podcast, but to get interrupted constantly? I don't know. Can I think I give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We will see you next time. Take care. See you next week. I don't know what the Zen stream button is going to do for YouTube, so we're about to find out. All right, here we go.